Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The Girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, girlfriendit.com, and the movement, Girlfriendit, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on toginet.com. All right, how do we dare to care for others? Well, are you giving me a double dog dare? Well, kind of. It's more of, I'm just thinking, are we being apathetic in our lives or are we truly caring and loving others? Well, before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Okay, Patty, when you asked the question, you know, about daring to care, do you think, because we, we were talking about this a little bit, do you think that it's because people really don't care and that a lot of times we're apathetic, or do you think that we don't dare to care because we're overwhelmed by getting involved and what that could, where that could lead us. Well, if you really stop and think about it, I think it's both because we don't, because we are so overwhelmed that if you're overwhelmed and you're, the enemy has just has you so caught up in the busyness of life. I think it's really easy to then not pour into others and get to know others. So therefore we so many times don't care about others. Like the more we put ourselves out there, the more that, you get to know people and you start caring for them. Well, I think a lot of times what, what makes us stop is we look at statistics like 35 million people in America will go to bed hungry tonight. And we're like, million. We hear million and we go, I'm just one person. I, I don't know what I can do. And then we hear another stat, you know, 40% of the homeless are under the age of 18. And we go, oh, I want to do something about that, but I don't even know where to begin. And then we hear another stat, more than 120,000 children are waiting to be adopted. And we hear some of these facts and figures, and it, it paralyzes us. Well, even, you know, we... But we, we want to do something. We do want to do something. And just, we, we put it out on the newsletter, um, how just being at, at my dad's house, and we were all sitting there in the jacuzzi, and there was a man saying that in, in the town further away from where my father lives... Those statistics he was talking about in that town, the 80% of the children that were there are, are basically considered homeless, but they're living with a grandparent or they're living in a foster care in the trailer park. Or, and, and you go, no, that's not. That's really high. That's a high statistic. And then you realize it's happening right here in the United States, right in your own backyard. Okay, well, since we are talking about daring to care this morning... And we're going to have two special guests on with us later in the show who both really are daring to care or stepping out into um, those places and going, I, I will do something about it. I will be that one. And we look at this, like we said, and go, where did we begin? So we want to give some tips about how you can break it down and what it can just look like. And one of them is just one. Yes. And I think we have 10, 10 tips to give, but 
Um, as usual, we probably will only get a few because it'll overwhelm us to give 10 steps. So let's just focus <laughs> on the just one. And I love Mother Teresa's quote. You, I'm sure we've all heard it, but if you can't feed a hundred people, then feed just one. And I, I laugh because, um, this was probably a decade ago, but one night we were exhausted. We had been planning for this massive event and we were hauling our, our lamps from our homes. We were hauling water bottles and food and we were ironing and we were preparing. I mean, our team was just looking at each other going, can we go home now? And if I remember correctly, it was probably over 100 degrees in our Arizona weather. Oh, yes. So we absolutely. were like sweating profusely. And we were finally in the parking lot and one of our team members pulled up and rolled down our window and said, this is for that one girlfriend, right? And it really put it all in perspective that all of this isn't about just putting on an event. It really is for just one. Mm -hmm. And and that goes back to our, our motto back then was um, changing lives, changing hearts, one girlfriend at a time. And we we totally did realize at that moment that, yes, this is truly about that one. And if, if it is about one girlfriend that, that came to either know the Lord or came to just realize her value and worth, it was worth everything. And a lot of times we, I think we, 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 we think we have to go for the masses mm -hmm. and we think it has to be on such a grand scale because we see so many things out there on a grand scale and we forget that one matters. One and matters. And God multiplies. And that goes into our second tip matter, but your contribution matters. It can be a small contribution and we're not talking donations, money here. We're talking that just you giving what, you know, once again, the, the quote, nobody can do everything, but everyone can do something. And it's a, it's a collective effort of making those small contributions with a lot of heart. Mm -hmm. And when you're moving forward, um, like this weekend, we had an opportunity to do a leadership training, um, and it, it was we were sacrificing for Jesus because it was in a beautiful beach house that uh, we just loved. But we had all all these women together um, from across the country just to to share our heartbeats, to brainstorm, to go. What? How can we make? We're talking about our strip church ministry and the network. How can we make it? How can we be better together? And just it was amazing how without giving people their roles how everyone just put in their contribution. I mean, down to um, one of the gals jumped in the, in the kitchen and she was just, you know, helping out, which is a huge contribution. Um, and I, I have to say there was another gal there that Kelly Masters, she just in sharing her heart, talking about just, just starting, just doing something, how she literally had gone to a training. She went back into her hometown and um, she, she had read a book, actually, about the, uh, in the sex industry. And after she went to training, she came back and she put a training together. And now her ministry, Emerge, alone reaches 300 women a month in clubs across South Jer Jersey and Philadelphia, just talking about God's unconditional love. Well, and what, what's so cool about Kelly's, it's like she, we said, it was only like a year and a half ago or whatever, she went to a training and to see where she is now. And you ask her and she will say, I just went back and started talking to people. Mm -hmm. I just started making it happen. And a lot of times we wait till we, we overanalyze, we over Google, we get all our, you know, we want to do the research, which, the, which we, you do need to do. But sometimes you get stuck in that place mm -hmm. and you don't take the next step to really activate it and to go forward because you're like, I, I need to get more data. I need to get more information. I need to make sure everything is so mm -hmm. lined up. And then we never start because you get paralyzed. Yep. It's never, you're never totally ready. 
to do anything. You just have to jump in and go, okay, God, you're going to have to fill in the gaps yes. and fill in the holes. And let's just, and let's just get going so with just this. just start. See, we made three tips. That was pretty good. Three tips out of the 10. Three of the, yeah, three of the 10. Okay. <laughs> just one. Every contribution counts and just start. That well, was Three out of the 10. Well, and I'm going to give one more before we close here. Uh, empower other people. And abilities wither under criticism. They blossom under encouragement. And you never can give away too much encouragement. So as we continue to encourage each other into our show today, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we're going to be learning more about what, it, what does it look like when other people dare to care and step into that and initiate and just think and realize that I can make a difference and I can give something. And we're going to be joined when we come up next by Mia Kane, who's a singer artist. We, we got to meet her a couple of several months ago. And she really is somebody that's stepping into care and God is multiplying her ministry and multiplying her effects. And that's what it's really all about. We want to know that what we do matters and that just start and God fills it in and he multiplies. And he gives you that passion which she definitely, um, it just comes out her pores. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Think about an area where you really need to lean in and dare to care. We'll be right back. is Girlfriend it on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. You'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to 
to our show. We are continuing our conversation about daring to care. And joining us now is our special guest, singer, songwriter, and friend of ours, Mia Kane. And we met Mia when we were leading a retreat together. And I, I just have to say, she has such an amazing, incredible sound. Just sitting there listening to her worship was an incredible heart that goes with the voice. Yes. And you just, you have to just stop and imagine, if you will, Tracy Chapman meets Carol King meets James Taylor singing Jesus music with just this soulful, folksy twist. And she, she truly is. She truly led us in worship. It was, it was such a special experience. Absolutely. So welcome, Mia. How are you today? I am wonderful, and it's so good to talk to you girls again. It's good to hear your voice again. <laughs> well, Thank Mia, you. we are, we are going to just dive right in. And I, I just have to tell you, um, one night we were sitting up late, and you began sharing with us that you lived a life of rebellion. You listened to a voice of lies, um, just to the point that you you walked out on your family, you walked out on your husband, you walked out on your three children, and we hear of stories like that. You hear of women that just go, "Enough, I'm done." Mm-hmm. And to yep. to sit there and listen to you talk about it and sharing your heart, tell us a little bit more about how um, God redeemed you and your story. Uh. Gracefully and gently. Um, I think what I tell people is when, you know, going through all that, walking out, leaving my family, the greatest gift that I ever received was my husband setting boundaries and not Mm -hmm. allowing certain behavior in our house. And so that resulted in me not being able to be there. And so I walked out and I was allowed to feel the consequences of my sin and the consequences of my choices. And I, I really sank down, and I fell into the pit really quickly. And I believe it's when I got to that point where I was able to say, okay, God, I can't do this. Like, I have nothing, and I can't do this anymore. And when you get to that point where you just can do nothing but surrender, mm. you know, that's when God just gently lifted me up and brought me back. And I was able to start hearing his voice more clearly through the people that he surrounded me with, the people that stepped out and literally, like you're talking about, dared to care for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was kind of the road back to coming coming back to my family, to my husband, receiving forgiveness, <laughs> and starting new. So it was a good, it was a good journey. <laughs> it was a hard journey, but it was a good journey. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting that you use the word uh, gracious and gentle, how God led you out of that. We, we tend to think of God being harsh when we, when we sin or when we rebel and turn away, that he's ready to mm-hmm. totally just discipline us and come down on us hard because that's how we would respond so many times. And you, yeah, mm-hmm. you, your description of God in that moment of shame and despair is he gently and graciously led you out. But firmly, you know, like you said, you had, Mm -hmm. there were consequences to that. That's the part, a lot of times when we, we stick, get stuck in that place of shame or discouragement or despair, and we don't allow God to gently and graciously lead us out amidst the consequences that's going on around us. You know, when you, when you did leave your husband and and you did leave your children, there are consequences there. It changes some things. Um, Mm -hmm. And we know that it's quite the journey, but how, what was the first step in your healing process coming out of that leading out? How did God guide you in that process? 
I think the first step was um, learning to trust him um, and learning to receive forgiveness because until I learned to receive the forgiveness, I was just going to kind of stay in my same pattern of thinking I didn't deserve to be Mm -hmm. forgiven. And um, I went through a program called Celebrate Recovery, and that really gave me the tools to see God more clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not a program that really tells you what to do, but it's a program that shows you the Word of God and lets God speak to you. And through going through those steps and going through the healing, going through the, you know, asking for forgiveness, um, that really was the the tool that kind of pushed me into a new pattern and a new way of living and a new way of walking and a new way of talking. Well, you know, now that you brought up Celebrate Recovery, I I, I think it's really neat. And I really, if if you're a, a listener out there that's struggling and maybe you're in the same place that, that Mia was, um, I, I, so many times we think, I, I'm just going to get into a life group or I'm just going to get into a Bible study. And God's word is sharper than any two-edged sword. But I also believe that God puts people around you with tools that mm-hmm. um, can help you in that specific, like customizing your pain and to to get involved in a support group or in a, like a celebrate recovery, there's so many neat programs, and um, I, I believe that the church is great at at stepping up and helping giving uh, individuals the tools. So I, I love that you saw the need. Now, did you did you go in there willingly, or did someone tell you you really need to go into this celebrate recovery? You know, it was at the point when I kind of said I had enough (laughs) that my uh, sister-in-law had called me, and she just said, hey, you know, call in the name of Jesus, and I will get you into a program. So part of it was out of desperation, um, Mm -hmm. and the other part was that somebody else saw something. Somebody else saw a program that would help me, and so Mm. I willingly went. Um, I don't think someone can force you. (laughs) We can try, but you really got to be at a place where you just say, I'm going to go. And so I willingly went. um, I I was in Chicago at the time, flew to Oklahoma, went through the program, and um, that's where I kind of got my start and just realized the healing that comes out of that, you know, whatever, you know, hurt, hang-up, or habit that we have. um, It really addresses all of those issues, and I really credit that how God works through that to save in my life, you know? Well, we know that God gave you a gift of song and music, and he mm-hmm. put that in you. And God uses our, part of our healing process is giving back the gifts that God gives us. Mm-hmm. And yet a lot of times we don't feel worthy to use our giftedness in that moment of pain, but it can be so therapeutic and part of the healing process. And how did you, how did you start writing? And, and we don't even want to get into, you have a, a song, You Are Not Alone, that was chosen, and it was it's used in the movie for that movie Home Run, which is, that's an amazing story yeah. how that happened. But it is so cool how God multiplies. And even in those moments when we, when we check ourselves out and we say, we can't be used anymore, and I, I blew mm-hmm. it, that's like, no, you don't understand. You've never blown it. I, I can still, I redeem and I restore. Talk about that a little bit because he even restored your marriage, which is an amazing story. Can you just address how God has been so gracious to you and how he's allowed you to use your gift in ways you probably couldn't even imagine? Yeah, you know, after I came back home and we went, you know, it was hard. It was a battle. Um, but one of my 
um, healing um, things that I, that I went about my healing was spending time with the Lord, and I would do that sitting at the piano, and I would just play chord progressions, and I would just really sing my prayers, and I would sing my heart to the Lord. And eventually, at one point, my husband just kind of sat there, and he's watching me, and he's like, you know, Mia, he's like, these songs are not for you. And at that time, I was like, but yes, they are. Like, this is me and the Lord. This is us doing our thing. And, and he said, these songs are not for you. And he encouraged me to share those songs with others. And, you know, and I kind of think back, you know, his encouragement along with um, what it says in, I think, Second Corinthians, where it says that we have a God who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. And so I kind of want to live this so that life. You know, God didn't give me the gift of music. He didn't give me the gift of song and the gift of writing lyrics so that I could sit in my living room and keep it all to myself. Mm -hmm. You know, it was so that I could comfort others in the troubles that they're, that they're in because that's what God in his grace and mercy did for me. And so I just really um, see the music that I do and the ministry that I do as um, one, a calling, a joy, but also a responsibility so that God can be glorified, so that people can be restored and, and be reminded that we have a God that heals and redeems from any situation. And, and, and that's a joy, and, and that's a responsibility, I think, that we all have, a joyful responsibility. That is so true. We talk about the responsibility. A lot of times we look at, Patty and I, we, are, we just taught a class this week about talking about our spiritual gifts and so how we, we tend to, to bury them or to, to not truly embrace them and not see them. We compare our gifts with somebody else and wish we had that. And I got to tell you, I am comparing. I, I'm confessing to my son because you, I wish... <laughs> I could sit down at the piano when you're saying, I would just sit at the piano and I would just play my prayers and with time with God. I have dreams, literally, that I'm sitting at the piano just playing for hours and going, and I have been watching you at the retreat and watching you just get in this zone with the Lord and just playing. And I was so envious, and I'm not sitting in that envy, but I am telling you, <laughs> I was so envious. I call it a holy envy. Well, it, okay, yes. it's a holy envy. In, in heaven, that's what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be playing the piano. So I'm going to be next to you in heaven playing the piano and singing, because that's one of those things I wish God would have given me that gift, but he, he did not. And, and so you, ha you learn, but that's what we do. We, we compare and we oh, yeah. don't use our gifts. And there is a responsibility with the gifts God what gave us, and we don't think about that. Well, you know, on a side note, since we're being so womenish here, um, you even can pull off like wearing a scarf in Arizona where it's 110 degrees. Like I look white, white. Lisa was coveting you playing the piano. I was like, wow, she can really pull that t-shirt and scarf look. <laughs> oh, you guys are funny. Can I, can I tell you, I get complimented and in, in comments on my style of fashion a lot. Oh, and I really it. just, totally I tell it. people it, it comes out of the fact that I don't have any money and I go to the resale store and it's all I can find. And so nothing matches and it's very eclectic. <laughs> I love it's your just resale. <laughs> it works. It totally works for you. Well, tell us a little bit. We only have just a few moments. Uh, how how can people, our listeners, find you? Uh, really quick, and, and we only have like thirty seconds. So it's aboutmidnight.com where they can find out, learn more about what you're doing, and you have some upcoming events. Real quick. 
Yeah, Hope Fest is September 21st in Prescott, Arizona. We're going to be at the Courthouse Square all day. Matt Marr is going to be there, Jamie Slocum, uh, some other locals, myself. Uh, looking forward to that, and that's probably the big one coming up here. Okay, well, again, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Please check out Mia and her music, and we'll be right back after this, this quick break. Thanks, ladies. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90-plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one-of-a-kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Get ready for smart health with your host, Dr. Glenn Mia. Friday afternoons at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Smart Health is a one-hour program dedicated to discussions, interviews, and news in the ever-changing world of medicine. Information leads to smart choices, and smart choices lead to a healthier lifestyle. That's the quote of host and broadcast journalist Dr. Glenn Mia, M.D. This magazine-style radio show is a fast-paced program bringing together medical experts, authors, and patients to examine what works and what doesn't in staying healthy. Dr. Glenn Mia is a board-certified physician in pediatrics and internal medicine. His philosophy to wellness starts with an investment. He says proper nutrition, rest, and exercise are the best personal investments to maintaining good health. So join us for Smart Health with Dr. Glenn Mia. Fridays at 2 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. We are all about collaboration. We love the motto, we are better together. And in fact, a significant collaboration we are totally enjoying is with an organization called Stadia. And Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planning. And a thriving ministry of Stadia is Bloom. And Bloom is, is, it has some of our favorite girlfriends as a part of it. They provide inspiration encouragement and resources for planners spouses so they can provide the same to their families staffs and churches and joining us today from bloom is a very special guest and girlfriend janet mcmahon and in 2007 she and her husband troy began a new church plant in kansas city she currently serves as a small group director for restore community church she provides vision leadership development and training for small group leaders janet we want to welcome you to girlfriend it Thank you so much for having me. 
Well, we are just excited to, to talk and to dive in. We always love talking to other girlfriends who share that passion for really living life with excellence and, and daring to care. And like what we were talking about earlier on the show, we were giving some tips about, you know, what does daring to care really look like and how do I, how do I engage more? And we said, you know, it just takes one. Your contribution is never too small and start now and, and just give love. And Janet, you have been a social worker in both adoption and in the mental health industry. And now you're currently serving as a director for your church plant, Restore Community Church. Um, how has church planning rocked your world and motivated you to put caring in action? Well, it's so interesting. I have been talking to my friends lately about how life tends to go full circle. And when I first graduated college, I moved out to Washington, D.C., and I was in the inner city part of D.C., caring for people who had dual diagnosis of mental health issues and addictions and um, helping them in a day treatment program that, get, that gave them job skills. And so I worked with the under-resourced population for a number of years, and then through a series of moving around and doing different things through my husband's work and then him becoming a pastor, I find myself like full circle back to um, that point recently at Restore of reaching out to people who are um, pretty under-resourced in our community right here in Kansas City. And I've come across some really interesting scenarios over the past couple of weeks. So your topic today is just so relevant to me right now and the things that God is putting in front of me and in front of the people of our church. Um, if I can tell you a quick story, in we the last the three praise. weeks, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the last three weeks, um, Two people, and I'll be going about my day at the church office. I get a phone call. One of them is my, one of my friends, small group leader, Celine. She calls me says, Janet, I don't know what to do. I picked up a woman on the side of the road, and it looks like she's been abused. Um, what do I do? And she had brought her home to her house. We talked it over. I gave her some resource ideas, and I said, call me back in a few hours. Let me know what's happening. Well, it turned out she was able to help that woman get into a shelter for abused women. She's followed up with her and maintained a relationship with her. Now, that's the first time in the history of five years of Restore that I've gotten a call like that. Within three weeks, I got another call like that. Um, one of our student ministry leaders had a woman knock on her door, and she was out of breath and running and was afraid to go home. She was recently came to the United States from Ghana, Africa, had only been here four months. And through a series of events, and that story unfolded, and we asked for resources and help from the community. But ultimately, that woman is now living with one of our staff members, um, and they've taken her in. And so just recently, I feel like God has said, oh, hey, here's some folks right in your neighborhood, right in your path, in your everyday path that I want you to love and care for. Well, you know, it goes back to our initial question is, are we apathetic? Are we being overwhelmed? And those are great stories because 
They just started. They just showed up. They were available. And I, I believe in America, we want to be so safe. And you saying, okay, immediately, I have to be honest, when you said they showed up at the doorstep, you're going, oh, and you let them in the house? I mean, that is our initial reaction. And, and God really didn't call us to be safe. He wants us to go on this crazy adventure with him. And you have to use discernment. I'm not saying just blindly you know, move forward. But when you are prayed up and you are using the discernment and the wisdom that God has given you, then you're going to be available. And God will also provide those resources. I love that you then guided them and directed them in the next area of where people are, um, you know, by, by putting them, giving them the resources, because I think we get right. overwhelmed that we have to do all things. Mm -hmm. They show up, yeah. we have to take them in, but it's like, no, you can bring them on to the next person that that is what their expertise is. Right. Well, what was interesting about the woman from Ghana is ultimately throughout the course of that day, our friend called for help. Other people came and joined her in her home. Her husband was home with her. Um, he talked on the doorstep with the woman for quite a while before she came in. And then over a series of days, she ended up in a shelter here in our city that helps people and has the resources. And then she began being visited by one of our staff members regularly. And through a course of about a week and a half, we discovered more and more of the story. And that person, that staff member, asked the rest of us, pray for us, is this wisdom for us to move forward? And they gathered around the community and they said, if we do this, we're going to need others to help drive and help with this and help with that. And they gathered probably about five or ten people that said, yeah, we'll do this with you. We'll be your backup. And so all those things played out before that woman ended up living with my friend Stephanie. Mm. What I find fascinating is listening to your story, when we went to the kind of giving your, your bio a little bit, how you have that background in social work and how God is bringing that to fruition where he's, he's allowing you to create that culture and give other people permission. And so these things are happening because you've been modeling and I'm sure talking about that. And that's one of the things when you start talking about these, uh, these scenarios and situations and Obviously, you guys were prepared because you had the resources. You knew where to go. You knew what was available in your community to create that community around these women to provide that help and that healing. And that is significant to that we are even creating the culture to be aware and to look. And when you talked about the, you know, your work in D.C., I'm sure it would have been so easy to be, I am overwhelmed with all this. And you see the needs are so overwhelming where does one begin? Where does even a church begin? Kind of address that because I'm sure there's a lot of people in ministry or in churches that are going, okay, how do we even as a church or even as a life group or even as a family, how do we start thinking this way and how do we make ourselves available to, to see these needs and to respond accordingly? Yeah, that's a great question because I'll be honest. If I'm really honest, there's days when I'm afraid to share boldly what I believe that God's asking myself and others to do because I don't want to put my friends in danger. So there's days when I'm like, I don't know, I feel like we're supposed to go to this part of the city and we're supposed to pray. And I said to a couple of my prayer group the other day, I said, you know, 
I don't want you guys to be in danger, but I think we're supposed to go to this part of our city, which is not the safest part of our city, and pray for people. And um, and they just, they were ready. They were ready. They wanted to do it. But that's after building a culture of of care and connection for five years here in Kansas City. Um, and how did we go about that? You know, I will be honest with you. We did not set out with the vision of caring for the under-resourced people of our community. Um, we set out to help people find their way back to God. Mm-hmm. And we challenged them to do life-changing relationship with the person of Jesus. And as we did that, and people started talking about that in small groups and connecting with each other and reading the Bible, people just started to be challenged to love in radical ways. Everything that's happened over the course of maybe a month or two months that has this flavor to it, honestly, is unexpected. It's not a vision that I necessarily set out or my husband, who's our lead pastor, necessarily set out. It's kind of what I feel like the Holy Spirit is moving amongst us as we challenge each other to live radically on the mission of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Living radically on the mission of Jesus is so powerful. And I even think in the last decade, just that has changed my heart. I grew up in a very evangelical home where it was all about um, you know, sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel, sharing the gospel. And I, I almost think we need to, um, like you said, just where the Holy Spirit has moved you, I, I feel like there's a revival almost going in that direction where it's really about that radical love. And the end result will be that you end up through sharing your story the good news will will be there, but they're just seeing people, you know, the Jesus with skin on, and it's that radical love that will transform lives because then they want to know why you're different, and uh, that that is a great story. And I think it's interesting when you said we weren't out to just go for the underprivileged, just kind of happen. When you're praying for God to put people in your life that you can have an impact on, just like Lisa said, he uses those exact gifts and your past experiences to be able to have that impact. And I love that watching how God works that way. Yeah. I do sometimes think that God gave me those initial experiences when I was straight out of college, 22 years old, super naive, thinking I was going to change the world. You know, that kind of tenacity that I had at 22 going into the inner city of Washington, D.C. And I had all those experiences, and they I tucked them away. And I thank God and his divine wisdom and planning of my life. And he's writing this story on my life, and he put me here in Kansas City knowing the events that were going to unfold at this season of Restore and that I could reach back and say, oh, yeah, I have something familiar here in my toolbox that I can pull out. And it's awesome. Like, I started out there in the inner city of D.C. because that was the original passion that God placed in my heart. And I never lost that. Um, And it's really fun to reignite that passion for people who are really in need, Um, not just material poverty, but just in need, in need of a Savior. And it's just so fun to be on that journey and to feel that passion ignited in me and remembering what it felt like to be a 22-year-old college graduate. Now I'm 50, almost 50, and I just pull that out, and I, I love it. 
Janet, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back talking about daring to care. Okay. This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Goals, objectives, business and action plans. How important are they for me to manage? Whether you're an executive, entrepreneur, or maybe you're just someone looking to advance your career and want to be confidently prepared for your future, business and life coach Carmen Carosa can help you remove obstacles and move forward in the right direction. Carmen is known as the real-world coach for a reason. His no-nonsense style along with an innate ability to form connections with people gives you a unique opportunity to see higher and further than ever before. We live and work in an ever-changing, complicated world that can leave us with questions about every decision we make. Join host Carmen Carosa, business and life coach, on Forward Motion every Monday at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Rockstar Radio Network. You will realize dreams and aspirations you thought were out of reach. Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We are talking today about daring to care, and our tips, just kind of wrapping up the, uh, this show, is it just takes one. Your contribution is never too small. And start now. We always want to procrastinate. We always want to get every single duck in a row rather than going, okay, God, it's not about me. I'm just going to listen to you. I'm going to be obedient, and I'm going to just start now. And we're also talking about just give love. And Janet McMahon, our guest for today, is not just giving love, but she's giving radical love. And Janet, you um, talk about just your, your vision with leadership development and training for small group leaders. You talk about it's the best job ever. And I just love it when people are so passionate about what they're doing. Um, there's nothing more fun than meeting people, connecting people, and giving them that, that ultimate goal of having that relationship with Jesus. So tell us a little bit. You shared what your church is doing, what you guys are doing, going out into your community. What are some of the other things that you're doing during to care to help other leaders do exactly what you're doing? Um, <clears throat> well, I really do love my small group leaders. Boy, God gave me a great group of leaders to lead and care for and develop. Um, and so we challenge them basically to lead small group discussions where um, 
they can help people make transformation and life change. So people hear a message on the weekend and then they go to their small group and it's really the place where we flesh that out. So I'm a big fan of creating safe places for people to talk about whatever they need to talk about in relationship to their growing um, connection I to Christ. I interrupt you there, Janet. How do you make, when we say that, how do you make a safe place for people to come and talk about what they're dealing with? I think there's two things that we have to make sure that people are able to do when they're discussing God's Word in any way. One is they should be able to share their opinion, and they should be able to share their feelings. And sometimes when we're discussing the truth of the Bible, we're afraid to allow people to share their opinion, particularly if it differs from what we read in the Scripture. And so we get nervous, and we go, oh, no, 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 that's not right. Let me point you back to what it really says. But I think it's okay for people to unpack their opinions and feelings. It's like our bags are full of all kinds of messages that we receive from our culture about what to think and what to feel. And if we're not allowed to unpack those opinions, whether they differ or not from the others in the room or from what we're reading in God's Word, once we unpack them, then we can plant God's truth deeply into our hearts. But we can't really plant it there if our bags are full of all kinds of crap that the world's given us over the years. And so I really want my small group leaders to be comfortable with letting people share their opinion and then following up that opinion with a question like, where did you come to that opinion? How did you get there? What do other people say when you express that opinion? And just allow them to just get it out there. And pretty soon, that opinion just lets go. It's like it lets go of the grip on their heart, and they can they can replace it with God's truth. Mm. Those are great tips, just in leading, because that is the challenge for so many people in life, whether it's a, a team or a life group or a, a small group at church, is how do we navigate and create those safe places where people can share their opinions and, like you said, unpack some of their life experience and some of their baggage from the past because you need that place. So I need to process out loud and to be in a safe place where it's, it's heard and understood. And, and yet it doesn't stay there. We're allowed to grow through that. And you, you were saying before we get to commercial break that, you know, you're, I think you're, you're more, you're more mature. Like we are in years. I'm going to say it that way. Um, But, you know, we find, so as as the years progress in time, and even in ministry, some of the greatest challenges navigating through relationships and keeping them healthy and and as they're growing, how has your opportunities for relationships and friendships with women changed and grown over the years? Oh, wow. That's a great question. It it has grown a lot. Um, I think as we mature, we become more comfortable and confident with ourselves. So relationships stop being a pissing contest, like who's better than who, and they become more of a how can I help you be all that you can be? How can I help you? How can I develop and help you and champion your cause and your mission in this world? And when when I was able to make that shift from striving and competing to um, being the champion of somebody else, um, boy, it changed everything. And that's where I feel like I can be right now with my friends. I can help them unload, here's what I think God's saying and doing in my life, and then I can challenge them and help them reach their full potential. And they do the same for me. 
and it's great. I wish I got here at, at 30 or 20, but I didn't. I didn't get here for a while. <laughs> I agree. Now if we could just go back and be 30 and, and do all those With all really, this life experience, it would be 30 do over. Yeah. I know. It would <laughs> well, be awesome. <laughs> well, and, and what's, what's hard sometimes is a lot of times in, in our relationships, people, we don't grow at the same rate or in the same season. And it's hard with, with, with relationships to, to keep them current and to keep them growing in the same direction because life happens and it, it, life interrupts. And, and that's, that is something, especially as women, because we're wired for relationships. And in the church, it, it, it can be, it's harder mm-hmm. inside the church than it is outside the church. There's different expectations. And especially as pastor's wives and, and ministry leaders, there's different expectations. And, and so learning how to truly lead mm-hmm. through that and still be you and, and use your influence. Well, you really have to deal with your conflict more than, I mean, in the church and doing ministry more than in corporate world. Because you can kind of, I mean, if you're representing Jesus, it doesn't matter where you are. But it's definitely when you're having to see him every Sunday mm-hmm. <laughs> or do ministry together. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, Jenna, something you did something really unique. And I want to kind of talk about this because I had a conversation a few months ago with another ministry leader did this very same thing. And she had recommended this book and I found it a fascinating concept and a challenge. And at first I said, I want to do that challenge. And then as I really thought about it, I'm like, I don't know that I really want to or that I can. And I'm being honest here. And so I, I respect and admire you. But you had took a one year journey of not buying anything from yourself. You just kind of, you know, kind of a just did an abstinence of, of, of things, which I so admire and what a challenge that would be. Why did you decide to do this and what did God teach you? What did you learn through that? Well, I'm in month eight now. My journey of a year will be done at the end of 2013. So I started in January and I've completed eight months and I started because I, my husband had this crazy idea of, generosity and he gave me a percentage of what he thought we should give away this year and I thought if we're going to really do that something has to give around here someone's going to have to stop spending some money and <laughs> and I decided that was going to be me um, mm. in order to increase our generosity to others and so I decided this is the part that I could play and so um, I've been on this journey and I've learned so much mostly what I've learned surprised me because I thought I was going to learn about sacrifice and generosity and certainly I've had those lessons but I really learned about community and how I have lots of friends who want to help and want to be there for me and uh, and collectively we have everything we need if we will just share it with each other so I had a wedding to go to I had a graduation to go to and my friend said here I got some dresses in my closet come over look them over and I wore my friend's dress my son's graduation um and so things like that about relying on others not being so independent and sharing with each other were some of the lessons i've learned and then my friends will they'll just buy me stuff and i'm like stop it you guys that wasn't the point here (laughs) but they'll come by and have a gift for me because they i don't know they love me it's awesome so that's that's been a great lesson Okay, that is awesome. And I, I think you don't even realize, once again, in, in our culture, 
how much we really spend on ourselves. I'm sure when you're out purchasing gifts, graduation gifts, wedding gifts, whatever, and you see something, you go, okay, normally I would have just purchased this without even thinking anything of it. And now you really have to concentrate and go, oh, I can't do that. Well, it's like when you you decide to, I'm going to eat healthy and you're, you're start being aware of what you're, what you're eating, you start realizing, I eat so much more than I realize. I don't realize all the little bites I pick up along the way yeah. and add to my, to my diet. And I'm sure it's the same way with even spending. We don't even realize how much we're spending on ourselves. Okay, so I got to go to the girlfriend thing. Does that mean you don't go to Starbucks? Well, I don't go to Starbucks anyway because that's just not my thing. I'm not a coffee drinker. But food is not included. So there are rules to this. Food is not included. I just want to make sure it's on my platform. Food and and because I have to indulge myself somewhere apparently um, because I've gained a little bit, a little few pounds here because food is like now my thing I can do. Um, So I hate that part of it. I wish I could do both, but I can't. So I still eat. I still, I mean, I buy food. I go out to eat. I go to the movies. I could buy a plane ticket. Um, Experiences don't count. I can, you know, go to a museum and buy my fare. So that doesn't count. It's all material things. Well, which goes and back. makeup, I can buy makeup, but I can only buy, you know, dime store makeup, not, you know, the kind of makeup I was buying. Like, I can only buy three ninety five dollars blush. It, it goes back to the Acts 2 church, really surrounding yourself with the body of Christ. And if you need things, we just go to each other. And we, that is a great tip. That's a great challenge. Um, although, Lisa, don't challenge me on that. But it's a great challenge for everybody else. <laughs> Well, I like to learn about sacrifice and generosity, which is immediately what I thought. Okay, I'm going to learn a lot about sacrificing and, and that. And what you, the end result that you've learned is about community, which, wow, what a great thing to, to really appreciate and learn, which will be a life lesson that will just go with you out, even after this year. And, and just, seeing, just seeing people around you in a, in a different way, in a different light. So what a, what a great challenge. So if anybody is out there is up to it. Um, totally take the challenge. I, I, I have to think about that one, but that is a great, a great thing to do, which I, the learning on God getting your attention on so many different levels. So if they want to find you to learn about how to do this, <laughs> Janet, how can people find you? Well, I've been blogging about it. My blog is called less is more. And I've been blogging this year long journey. So they, Janet, mcmahon.typepad.com backslash less underscore is underscore more. That's really long, but that is what it is. Well, we'll we'll put it on our site. So again, thank you for joining us. We want to thank um, our community of girlfriends at Bloom and Janet and our, our guest Mia for joining us today on our show. As we talked about daring to care, we challenge all of us, us included, to just just do something and do something that you can do today and just want to make a difference. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriend It, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.